Hello and welcome back to the Detours in Music podcast. My name is Laura Rupel. We're in season four, episode six, an interview with Julie Spangler, pianist for the Cincinnati Pops Orchestra and instructor with the musical theater department at the University of Cincinnati College Conservatory of Music. I hope you enjoy. Hi, I'm Julie Spangler and I've been a member of the Cincinnati Pops Orchestra for over 30 years now. I joined the orchestra in 1991. And that's what brought me to Cincinnati. And since then, I've joined uh, the musical theater faculty at CCM over 25 years ago as an adjunct music director. And I kind of wear many hats at CCM. Mm -hmm. And those are my two big things, but um, I have a lot of things cooking all the time. (laughs) That's incredible. when you were auditioning for the pops is was that audition a similar i feel like for keyboardists we don't think of the same process so I, i'm sure we'll get into that i'm just curious absolutely and this is this is where laura you get your first curveball mm-hmm. i did not audition for the pops um in 1991 the conductor of the pops was maestro eric kunzel who had been conductor of the pops for a very long time and he was pretty much iconic in the Pops Orchestra world, you know, along with Arthur Fiedler and the Boston Pops, Eric Kunzel. uh, I guess he was called the Prince of Pops. He might've self-labeled himself, but I'm not sure, but he definitely deserved that name. But um, I um, was the accompanist for a, uh, a singing group at Indiana University and they collaborated with the Cincinnati Pops quite often back Mm -hmm. in the late 80s and early 90s with Eric Kunzel. And as their accompanist, I became acquainted with him and um, worked enough with him. And it just so happened that they were in between keyboardists at the time. And um, I, I didn't audition just one day. He just flat out asked me, how would you like to join the Cincinnati Pops? So um, I don't think that ever happens to anybody. And yeah. And he was amazing at giving young people wonderful opportunities. And I'm definitely one of those people. So that's how I got that job. And that's That's why I moved to Cincinnati. I mean, (laughs) maybe those things don't happen that often, but when they do, they want it to be, you want it to be you and you want to be prepared for that. So you obviously have, you know, maintained that level. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, I, I wasn't prepared for it. And um, here's the here's the next curveball, Laura. Mm-hmm. I had no intention of becoming a professional musician. I was I was not a music major at Indiana University, even though I had an incredible uh, classical training experience from a very young age from a wonderful teacher at Bowling Green State University. So um, I had a lot of piano experience before I went to college, but. I just didn't think I had the discipline, the competitiveness, um, and what it takes to become a professional musician, because I know how difficult that is and how much work it is. I don't think that I had that in me. So um, when I ended up just accompanying this group as an, as an avocation or just out of passion, it was so it it wasn't the intent that brought me into the music world. It was just the passion that brought me into it. Mm -hmm. So um, 
that that passion speaks a lot. It says a lot for itself, for sure. Yeah, and that can also be healthier. <laughs> you know, if whenever you're having, if if you ever have hard times thinking about the career because it is hard, it's like, well, mm-hmm. this is still the thing that I'm passionate about versus just this is the thing I'm like competitive with. Yes, if you're passionate about something, you will work hard on it. If you care about what you're doing, mm-hmm. um, it, it makes all the difference in how much time and energy you put into it. And it obviously it became something I loved very much. Um, every day could be a challenge, uh, a delight, a revelation. Um, and even though I've been in that orchestra now for a, a long time, I feel like I learned something new from my colleagues and my peers and our music directors and the um, composers every mm-hmm. single day that I go in. So it's very rewarding. Yeah. Um, so when you started out in music, was it strictly classical piano or when did like these musical theater or jazz elements come in? Um. Well, when I first started playing music, obviously it was on my own when I was little mm-hmm. and I was drawn to um, both classical music and popular music. And I admit it was mostly popular music. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a child of the eighties and I, I loved, I loved everything about the eighties, good and bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I spent, I, I did practice, but I practiced about as well as any young person would, which is not that great. Mm-hmm. Um, I was drawn more to the piano just to play stuff that I loved. And, and that carried me into adulthood, you know, playing for, they were called the singing Hoosiers. And I know everybody loves to make fun of that, but that group and its director introduced me to all the music of the American songbook. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, I think that's why it was such a great collaboration with the Cincinnati Pops because the Pops celebrates the American Songbook a lot. Mm-hmm. So I kind of had my foot in everything, but I did play a lot of classical music. I did, you know, a lot of the piano competitions. My favorite composers were um, Bach and Mozart. I love playing them the most. But uh, yeah, my teacher introduced me to many composers that I otherwise would not have known. I'm curious, so you attended Indiana. What was your mm-hmm. major if it was not music? It was computer science. Okay. And I was um, a math and computer nerd in high school. I also loved doing theater in high school, but I just loved math and I loved coding. I had some computer mentors growing up. And I know a lot of people say math and music use the same side of the brain, which I'm sure is true. Mm -hmm. I really loved it. Um, And I worked really hard at it. And I I got a bachelor's of arts in computer science. Um, And yeah, so I was just doing all mathematical stuff, economical stuff, crunching numbers. So on, on top of that, I was playing music out of passion. So mm-hmm. I would say it was a, it was a wonderful balance at school. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you would be perfectly suited for that maybe because of that background. It was great for the pops because, mm-hmm. um, you know, back then they did a lot more standard stuff like, you know, all, the George Gershwins, the Cole Porters, um, all, 
all that stuff. And that stuff I became familiar with. And they also did a lot of Broadway stuff, which mm-hmm. I loved growing up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was, it was a great, it was a great relationship. It was a great match for me to, to play music like that. Most of it I had already heard before mm-hmm. and the stuff that I had never heard before, it was just a joy mm-hmm. to learn stuff that the orchestra had been playing, you know, all of their lives. And it was new to me. So mm-hmm. no, it was, it was perfect. It was great. Yeah. I think that's why Eric had a hunch that I would be a good fit for the orchestra because I just had, I just had a love for that music already ingrained in me. So it got really beautifully. Advice wise for anyone who maybe isn't pursuing music at this moment, um, but still has that passion, would you just say like always take the opportunities, you know, as they come or? It's so funny. We were talking about this in a musical theater acting class yesterday. I think that the answer is just to follow what your passions are, follow what makes you tick, follow, follow what you love, because at, at the end of the day, that's what's most important. You need to be doing what you love. And if your gut tells you that this is going to be a wonderful direction for you, then by all means, take it. And if you have opportunities to try new things and you don't know if it's going to click for you, go ahead and and try them. Um, Yeah. I would just say embrace everything that comes your way. If you're still seeking what makes you tick, what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you, you make a lot of connections that way. Yeah. Um, do you still do accompanying? I'm sure you do um, outside of like pops and Broadway um, more like classical stuff still. I do a lot of classical stuff. Um, I do get to uh, play with the symphony. Um, occasionally when their first keyboardist who is professor Michael Shertok, who's I think in my opinion, the, the greatest pianist on earth. Um, if he can do something or if they need a second on celeste or another instrument, I do play a lot of classical music. I accompany a lot of recitals. I like to accompany recitals at CCM. Um, I've played in many chamber groups, including the Cincinnati chamber orchestra. Um, I've done chamber works with other members of the symphony um, and, and the really wonderful chamber group Concert Nova, which has been around for 10 to 15 years. Uh, that was started by members of the symphony. And it's just a phenomenal operation that does some avant-garde uh, and wonderful classical repertoire in avant-garde locations all over Cincinnati. So I have the opportunity to play classical music all the time and I embrace it now more than ever. I love playing classical music now more than I ever have. It's, um, I practice more than I ever have now, now that I've, I'm into my fifties. Um, and I love it. Uh, as a kid, it's sometimes you don't appreciate what you're playing and the music that you're playing. The older you get, the, the more rewarding it is. So classical music is very much a part of my life. And I really appreciate the um, training that I got as a kid, even mm-hmm. though I didn't appreciate it at the time. And I might have gone for years without implementing it. I'm definitely implementing it now. And I could not be more grateful for that. Mm-hmm. So that adds to my whole world of all the things I have 
cooking right now. Yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty incredible to not, you know, limit ourselves. And I, I feel like your form of music making really does kind of span everything. Um, and that was part of what I was observing when we were in rehearsals the other week for a Broadway show. I was thinking, wow, she knows all of it. Like it's all equally, <laughs> equally in you. And I work um, at the box office at the symphony. And so I go to a lot of those concerts and I was thinking, you know what? I wonder oh. if that's the same woman who plays for the pop. So I was thinking, well, this is so cool. Like I, my guess was that you were brought in from New York or something just for that oh. show or like <laughs> you knew everything going on. So it was, I mean, it was so cool to watch you and um, sit right behind <laughs> and watch everything go on. Oh. And you were so calm and collected. Oh, well, it was just fun sitting in the midst of all you guys. I mean, that was that was one heck of a project. And yeah. that was a fantastic orchestra mm -hmm. to pull that all together. Um, yeah, I'm sure if, if Laura wants to inform her listeners on what we're talking about, but it was it was a musical theater theater uh, celebration of the composer, Stephen Flaherty, who happens to be an alum of CCM. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I guess that's that's the one place that I, I haven't talked too much about yet is when I um, moved to Cincinnati, mm -hmm. um, being a being a keyboardist for an orchestra is basically an adjunct position. It's mm -hmm. not a contracted position. So okay. I, I did, I did a lot of other stuff outside of the pops. And when I was introduced to musical theater faculty at CCM, um, I just started doing things for them, music directing, accompanying, and that's become a huge, huge part of my life over the last 25 years. And thanks to CCM, I have uh, quite a knowledge of that repertoire. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important because musical theater is just a huge part of, of culture and pop culture. And it's amazing the, the incredible music that is churned out by, by um, that field mm -hmm. and you can't experience it any better than you can at CCM. It's just an incredible program they have going there and I'm grateful to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. So my knowledge at so what I learned at CCM feeds what I do at the pops and and vice versa. Yeah. Very much so. Would you say the largest career shift or detour for you was when um the director did offer you that position with the pops or do you think since something similar has kind of shifted your focus? I think that was definitely the biggest detour of my life. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't see it coming. Um, all I know is that I really enjoyed it. But honestly, I if, if he hadn't offered me that, I would have no idea what I'd be doing right now. But as much as I love music right now, mm -hmm. as much as I love playing, somehow I probably would have found my way on mm -hmm. a sim not, maybe not a similar path, but a musical path. And it would probably be in a different city with a different, completely different kind of career. So yeah, I, I wouldn't call it dumb luck, um, but just mm -hmm. having the experience I had working with this, those, that certain group of people and meeting that certain group of people, it, it just all came together. And if that, if that hadn't come together, who knows what I would be doing right now? Yeah. I think it's, it can be special when you're someone who feels like you have a lot of different things that you could do. And so it's just kind of watching to see what, what happens. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and I keep thinking, well, what other better place in Cincinnati for something like that to happen? Because mm -hmm. Cincinnati is just a treasure trove for the arts. And I don't know how, how many people realize that. There's so much going on in Cincinnati. And if you have a passion for playing music, this is a wonderful city to, to do it because every corner you turn, there's, there's going to be something fantastic going on. And um, yeah, it's, it's really, it's, it's much easier to, to find something like that in a larger city, especially mm -hmm. a place like this. So I couldn't be more grateful for that as well. Yeah. Are there things coming up in the future that you're excited about either with the pops or at CCM in your work um, goals, I guess, for things coming up? Um, the pops, I always have stuff to look forward to. Um, I am looking forward to joining uh, the symphony when they accompany the ballet for Carmina Barana um, later in November. Um, but I am now officially an empty nester. Um, both my kids were and are UC students. Mm -hmm. And, and since I am, I am now, I have more free time. I'm, I'm music directing again at CCM. Last year I directed Sunday in the park with George, which was just a fantastic experience. This year in April, I'm directing um, music directing, Spring Awakening, which is a rock musical that's, uh, I think anyone who knows musical theater knows who it is. It, it was originally with Leah Michelle and, and Jonathan Groff, written by, music written by Duncan Sheik. And it's, it's a fabulous show. And um, I'm really, really looking forward to doing that. I love working with those students. I love working with the faculty and it's, it's a great thing to, to be at CCM doing something like that. So that's what I'm really looking forward to in the spring. I remember when I, when I first started working at CCM, it was so easy to, to find a practice piano. They had those horrible crappy uprights back mm -hmm. then. And now they have these incredible Steinways under lock and key. It's like, you can't get into practice at all. Mm -hmm. I hear about some kids who come into practice like at one in the morning, because that's the only time they have during the day to practice. And I think now that, that is discipline. That is passion. Yeah. And I don't know if I'd ever be capable of that because that's the difference between a person who chooses to pursue music yeah. and then me who'd rather be home under the covers and have my coffee in the morning before I have to run out for the day. Yeah. But um, I know how disciplined um, music students are. And I see it at CCM. I think they're just incredible kids. And I know that there are, there's a lot of symphony members that are on faculty there. Mm -hmm. And I've never met a member of the symphony that I, that I didn't like. They're, they've become a family to me. I really appreciate them. And I think the relationship between the symphony and CCM is a beautiful one. And I hope it goes, goes on forever. And I, I just wanna completely encourage everyone who is pursuing music, you know, if, even if you don't land that symphony gig, just, mm -hmm. you know, what, what our um, orchestra conductor, Jeff Saver said last, last year, he, he just said, you know, take a gig, even if it's, even if it's not, you know, principal horn for, for, 
you know, the Philadelphia symphony or whatever, you know, take the gig because every, 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 um, experience you have is going to be a connection. It's going to be a learning experience and you, you are going to get something rewarding out of everything you do. That's how you decide what you love and what Mm -hmm. you love doing. And if you want to keep doing it. So, yeah. So take every opportunity you can. And at, and if the the worst case scenario is you meet some new people and that's always a beautiful thing too. Yeah. We're, we're very lucky that what we do is play music. And I think we can forget that, you know, it's the worst thing is meeting people. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and we're, we're doing this because that's what human beings need. It's what Mm -hmm. makes us human. We want, we want to touch people in, in some way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, sometimes it's easy to lose sight of that. If you're really scared about a certain piece that you're about to play, if you get really nervous and you're afraid of letting somebody down, cause you know, or you get anxiety over something, you just realize people are out there to enjoy what you're doing mm-hmm. and just, yeah, we, we want to just connect to our audience in some way. And you don't get to do that. Um, in a lot of different fields mm-hmm. in music that that's what we're made to do. And um, yeah, it's, it's nice to realize that's what it means to be a human being is to enjoy the beauty in life. So mm-hmm. snaps to all of you music students. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're, you're helping, you know, us like look up to a career that looks happy and fulfilling and balanced and all absolutely. Those things. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Keep it up. Yes. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Julie Spangler. I certainly enjoyed speaking with her. I never would have guessed that, you know, being in the Cincinnati Pops was not her dream job at 18 or what she thought she would be doing, but that she is there and thriving and inspiring all of us every week. And I think that's something that's really beautiful about conversation, beautiful about a life in music is that you never know where these skills and these passions will take you. And I am glad to have shared some of her story with my listeners and get some inspiration for what might come next in your life. As always, you can keep up with the podcast on social media and make sure to catch our next episode. Thanks for listening. (music) 